Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. I did it with First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by Leave Podcast Network and sponsored by BetOnline.ag, the best sports betting website around. Remember, use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. You get 50% matching your initial deposit on betterline.ag.com. Again, the best sports betting website around. Go win some money with the Eagles winning 7-0 this year on betterline.com. Just with, I mean, excuse me, betterline.ag, just with that and I. Ed, look, I'm watching this game against the Steelers. The Eagles, complete game. That's one of the most complete games they played this season from a four-quarter standpoint. I'm thinking to myself, the young quarterback, just like Donovan Nabb was, the young head coach that nobody wanted or knew of, just like Andy Reid was. I mean, the similarities between these two and their development. When you look back on Andy Reid and Donovan Nabb, it's hard to think. Forget, forget the comparisons for Jalen Hurts to Donovan Nabb. Forget that. I, I don't really care about comparing Jalen Hurts anymore. I think he's... Just something that Philadelphia's never seen before. And we're just gonna have to embrace that and learn to learn it for years to come. But let's look at Nick Sirianni. Is he the next Andy Reid? I know it's early, I know it's his second year, but man, when you could tell a head, a young head coach, a young head coach take over an organization that was won a Super Bowl under the previous head coach or take it over. To come into that organization, to fill those shoes, to be as young as you are, an offensive play caller, and take a step back and say, you know what, I'm going to be the head coach. I'm going to let Shane Steichen call the plays. I'm going to let John DeGan to be the head coach of the defense. I'm going to be the head coach of the team. I'm going to set a culture. That's Andy Reid stuff, Ed. That's what Andy Reid would do to set the culture. That's what Andy Reid would do to set up the whole entire team. Brad Childers would call plays. Pat Shermer would call plays. You know, many offensive coordinators throughout the Eagles' tenure with Andy Reid would call plays. Monday morning week. Should have said him over past Shermer, but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't think the same thing's going to happen here with Nick Sirianni because it's all up there in his head. He knows what he's doing. I mean, it's hard for me not to. Doug Peterson was not Andy Reid 2.0. Doug Peterson was Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson was the former player who knew the league from playing in it. He, he was with Brett Favre, Mike Holmgren. So t- take Andy Reid out of that. I know he was on Andy Reid's understudy, but a lot more factors led to Doug Peterson's NFL career than Andy Reid. Nick Sirianni, nobody knew who he was before the Eagles interviewed him. No. You know, 
he was Frank Wright's right hand man, a wide receivers coach with the Chargers who did a phenomenal job. But nobody really knew this guy. Just like nobody really knew Andy Reid when he was a quarterback coach in Green Bay. It was all Mike Holmgren's show. I'm telling you, I think they got the next Andy Reid. Well, I, you know, yeah, it is kind of early. I, you know, I'll say this about Nick is he's a really smart uh, football coach and, you know, the son of a coach. Right. I mean, he's just all about football. He always has been. And he's so competitive uh, and so fiery in spots that, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to like what he's doing so far. You know, he hasn't been to an NFC championship game here. But, yeah, I could certainly see him, uh, you know, getting into that Andy Reid type status. Um, He's got his quarterback, apparently. uh, And I think. You know, one of the smartest things Sirianni may have done was hire Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen. I mean, these are two smart football men, and that has allowed Nick to say, okay, I'm confident enough in Shane that you can call the plays. I'm still going to be heavily involved, but um, these two coordinators are uh, very smart guys, and they, they care as much about football as Nick Sirianni does. And, you know, we better enjoy him now because I don't think either one's going to be here next year. I think they both will have an opportunity to become a head coach, seeing what Shane Steichen has done. And you have to give him credit for helping Jalen Hurts develop, as you do Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach, who I think might be elevated to OC if if Steichen were to leave. But, you know, these are two guys that uh, if the Eagles go on and have the kind of season everybody expects, they're going to be in high demand. Um, for what they did with uh, this team. So, I mean, I really like what uh, Nick Sirianni has done with these two guys, and I like how they came out of the bye. They had all week to prepare uh, for the Steelers um, and now the Texans on a short week, but they got away from a lot of their tendencies. They didn't do a lot of RPO stuff, and that's just a testament to the coaching staff to be able to get more versatility out of this offense. So, yeah, the these are these are smart men that you're talking about here, guys that could eventually become what you know Andy Reid was here in Philadelphia. But um, again, a lot of credit to Steichen for picking Gannon and or uh, Sirianni for picking Gannon and Steichen. So the reason why I'm going there with this, correct me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. If you feel this way, and hey, look, hindsight's twenty twenty. You can you can make these points to the end of the day. But Doug Pearson brought in a strong staff in the beginning. Well, on paper, you know, he inherited Jeff Stoutland. John D. Filippo was a great hire. It was quick. He left quick, but it was a great hire. Frank Wright, Jim Schwartz, great hires. Corey Undlin, eh, did it up and down tenure, but he inherited him. Dave Phippe inherited. Where, correct me, I mean, there's no really, I know where Press Taylor's doing Jacksonville this year, but I'm talking about Philadelphia's tenure. There, there was never really a strong outside of the guys I'm naming other guys. And those are the guys that other than um, Jim Schwartz would get plucked right away. So I'm looking at this coaching staff. Chase Eichmann becomes the head coach of Carolina Panthers next year. Let's just say that happens. Kevin Batula, Brian Johnson, are in, or maybe even Aaron Moorhead with how the wide receivers are looking, are in line to become the promotion offensive coordinator. This is what Andy Reeve doing. This is what Andy Reeve was doing. When his guys were leaving, he was just promoting one within. I know the Eagles try to do it with Doug, but I'll tell you right now, Ed, you and I know this both well. That's a huge reason why Doug got fired. It's because of his oh, ability yeah. to build a coaching staff. Right. I don't know if that's going to happen here because I'm telling you right now, 
I don't want to say they're interchangeable because Saints is doing a great job, and I think it comes from the background that he's had with the Chargers and Justin Herbert and young quarterbacks that he has to deal with in his time, and even the veteran quarterbacks as well. I think Saints is a great coach. I think he's going to, you know, he might actually be a good head coach in this league. We'll see. We'll find out. We're going to find out. But yeah. if you replace him with Kevin Platoul, or you replace him with Brian Johnson or Aaron Moorhead, or hell, Jamel Singleton, I don't know if I'm that concerned as I was when Press Taylor takes over. I mean, I, again, I wasn't concerned Press Taylor t- took over anyway. So I just, you know, the Super Bowl winning staff, I trusted him. Mm-hmm. It fell apart, clearly. But I think I'm going into this with no worries. This offseason when the staff gets plucked. It's a very strong staff. I mean, again, on paper, we're all talking about on paper. And again, we have to see how it develops when they actually take over in these spots. But I got to go off how I feel right now. And I'm not worried. These guys look like they know what they're doing. Kemba Tool, this passing game uh, is amazing. You know, it's up and down, but it's so interchangeable. You know, it, it, it gels so well with this rushing attack. And you, so you got to give, give your credit to that guy for doing so. So if he takes over his offensive career, I mean, look what the passing attack's doing. Am, yeah. am I that concerned? Brian Johnson, look at the leaps Jalen Hurts is taking. Am I that concerned if Brian Johnson takes over? Mm-mm. No, it's, all, it's continuity. Yeah, Jamal Singleton, great job. I mean, but it's about continuity. And, you know, they put this staff in place uh, and, and you're very confident. in it. And it's the second full year this staff has been together, too. That can't get overlooked. You know, that that no. that's huge. That continuity. Uh, another reason the Eagles are sitting here at seven and oh, heading into week nine. Um, I just think that, uh, yeah, any of these guys would be great promotions if. Steichen and Gannon were to leave, and I think there's a very good chance both will. But um, yeah, I, I just think that they're they're in good position to elevate from within, promote from within. Denard Wilson on the defensive right. side of the ball, um, you know, Nick Rollis is probably a little young at the linebacker coach. Tracy Rocker probably has no desire to be a head coach. Uh, I don't think Jeff Statlin has any desire to be a head coach. But yeah, the guys you mentioned are all young guys. Guys who, you know, now have two very good years underneath their belt and they're going to be in demand. And why wouldn't you promote from within? Look, fans have a tendency of having short memories and promoting from within did not work so well Doug Pierce's tenure. And you're going to harp on that and you're going to focus on that when the Eagles do that this year, because you already see people talk about Vic Vangio and that's not going to happen. It's going to be Denard Wilson. Look, throw that out the window. Go back and look what it worked with Andy Reid and how well it worked with Andy Reid. I think you're having the same success there as well. Look, I, you can't compare every situation. I understand that, but don't compare it to the Doug Peterson situation if that's how you feel because it's not. I don't think that's what's going to be. I really don't. I, I absolutely don't at all. Anyways, Ed, Robert Quinn's added, fourth round yeah. pick. Yep, clear rental player, but that's what you need when you're making a Super Bowl push because you had look. People really underestimate the impact Derek Barnett makes on the field because he does so many boneheaded plays. The guy might not show up in the box score, but the box score stats don't tell the whole entire story football ever. They tell like 40% of it. 60% of it is Derek Barnett making hustle plays that were needed on the defensive line, especially against the run. So what do the Eagles do, Ed? If I replace his snaps, Taron Jackson was not working out there. Well, still in his developmental stage. Glad he's back on the practice squad because he's shown he could be a player. Still in the developmental stage, though. They needed the Robert Quinn-type impact. When you had that Super Bowl team, they had Chris Long, Vinnie Curry. Don't disrespect Vinnie Curry. He was very productive. Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham. 
they needed four guys to do the same thing here. And now they got Reddick, Quinn, Sweat, and Graham. This is it. This is a Super Bowl winning pass rush group right there that the Eagles have. Robert Quinn trade was a must. They were either going to do that, Jerry Hughes. I don't think they're going to pay the price for Bradley Chubb. That's just not a high Roseman type move. But I, I agree with you. I think I think this was a great move to get Robert Quinn, though. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, we'll, we'll see what he has left. Obviously, you know, he, only, he had the 18 and a half sacks last year. He's he's only 32, but he's been in the league 12 years. I mean, he came into this league at a very young age, has played a lot of football. Um, Sirianni said he still thinks he has some juice. We saw him play 20 snaps against the Steelers after just being here, you know, what, two, three days. Steelers doubled him in two. Which is the craziest? That that's like the one stat that Eagles fans are harping on since he got traded from the Bears is how much he got double teamed with the Bears this season. And first game with the Eagles, he got double teamed a couple times. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's certainly going to be someone that you're going to have to pay attention to because I think he's still capable of winning one on one matchups. And and we'll see. I mean, short week. Obviously, they go to Houston on Thursday night, um, but. I think his biggest impact will be felt probably coming out of that mini buy when they play the uh, commanders on Monday night football uh, after they go to Houston, because then he'll have had another, you know, 10 days to kind of immerse himself in the terminology uh, of the playbook. I know he's played in this scheme before, but he said himself that the terminology is a little bit different. So he has to get used to that. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be fine. I mean, he's a clear rental player. The Eagles terminated the last two years of his contract and Quinn agreed to do it. So you wonder if, you know, this is kind of maybe his swan song and he wants to go out with a, with a Super Bowl ring. He's only been on one winning team in his entire career. And that was the 2017 Rams uh, that lost in the wild card round that same team. He sacked Carson Wentz in that game that Wentz uh, tore up two ligaments in his knee in LA in 2017 uh but he was on that team and that was the only winning team he's ever been on so you know he probably sees this as his last chance to win a super bowl ring and he's going to empty the tank and give everything he has because he's a he's a rental player he's only here for 11 games uh, and that's it he's gone um the eagles probably won't bring him back i'd be shocked if they brought him back he may not play again so that helps. That's certainly motivation enough to, you know, whatever you have left, you're going to give it and you're going to spill it because you want to get that Super Bowl ring. So, yeah, I think this was a really good uh, addition for the Eagles. I think Reynolds is key here because, look, they have premium draft capital and a good edge rushing class coming into this 2023 draft. I think that's the route they want to go, and they're telling you that right now. They, but they need Robert Quinn's impact for this season with the Super Bowl window being what it is. Ahai Roseman knows that Super Bowl window is, clo- is uh, smaller than any other window in the world. Uh, and he learned that that harsh lesson, especially when your quarterback's on a rookie contract. That window is about to shut very fast. So I'm going to tell you right now, for my Twitter account, you're going to be seeing a lot of tweets come December and January. This is why you trade that fourth-round pick for Robert Quinn, because that's where that impacts the show the most to me is when December playoff football comes around. And everybody's trying to fight for that seating, get that position locked up, or the Eagles are trying to get number one seed locked up and get home field advantage locked up. That's where Robert Quinn's going to come in really handy there. And that's where he's going to come in handy in the postseason as well when they're trying to get after these top-flight quarterbacks in the league. So that's why you trade the fourth-round pick for Robert Quinn. He's going to wreak havoc. I have no doubt about it in my mind. Toronto team in Chicago this year, that's the only preliminary defense on their front seven they're taking seriously. Literally. I know everybody like loves Roquan Smith, but he's having a horrible year. He doesn't fit Matt Rubles' scheme at all. That's why they traded him. But Robert Quinn, on the other hand, I thought 
you know, going back and watching some Bears game this season to see what the he had left in the tank was their best player. You know, the Ben was still there. He was getting after the quarterbacks. I, I, you know what I, you know what I hate the most? Everybody pokes up stats and goes sack numbers. I'm going to determine how good you are by looking at your sack numbers. And you know what that makes you an asshole because that <laughs> is the farthest thing that you should be doing when watching football. Pressure causes turnovers. Turnovers win games. If the defensive, if the rusher is getting to the quarterback and forcing him to make an untimely throw that results in a turnover, I'm 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 honestly at the point where I'm gonna start giving that defensive end more credit than I give the corner for catching it. Because you're forcing the quarterback to make that throw when he doesn't want to make that throw in an untimely manner. That play is that play is more important than a sack. So when I look at Robert Quinn this year, I'm thinking, wow, he's causing turnovers. He's getting after the quarterback. Forget 18 and a half. Forget those numbers that, that they got voted into the Pro Bowl by fans. What's really been doing, he's getting after the quarterback, causing pressure. That's what Hassan Reddick's doing. That's what Josh Schwartz been doing. So, and Brandon Graham, to be honest with you, because everybody's always harping on his double-digit sacks, but he's getting after the quarterback, causing pressure every chance he gets. So that's why I love the Robert Quinn edition. That's why I love getting him the fourth-round pick and getting it over. I think, you know, you and I brought it up. It's either going to be him or brought up Jerry Hughes as well. Because they want a rental guy. You know, Bradley Chubb was a nice thought. I like Bradley Chubb. A lot of people harped on me when I tweeted out that Bradley Chubb would be worth the trade too because they looked at his sack numbers. I'm like, no, he 57 pressures when he's when he's healthy on the field. I'll take that any day of the week from an edge rusher. So the folks out there that are questioning Robert Quinn or you know, look at his sack numbers this year. You're not watching the whole entire game. I feel bad for you. You're missing out because the Eagles got a great edge rusher and he's gonna come on hot for them come December and January. It's going to be very key to help them win a Super Bowl if they do win so, or get close to it. I think they will. I think they get close to it at least. But, Ed, forget the yeah. Robert Quinn talk now. We're going to harp on this Steelers and Eagles game a little bit. But by talking about it, there's only one thing to talk about. A.J. Brown. <laughs> wow. Should have had four touchdowns. Four, th- almost four touchdowns. I mean, three touchdowns was crazy enough. I know Riley Cooper did it, but not too long ago either, which is crazy. But almost four touchdowns by Eagles wide receiver in a single game. Yeah. He'll tell you he should have had five. Uh, He should have had that one that would have gotten called back on the rare Jason Kelsey holding penalty. But, you know, he said he could have caught that. So, you know, he he thinks he could have had five, but it would have been called back. But, yeah, four for sure. Got run down in the open field by Minka Fitzpatrick, and he said that never happened to him before. He thought he was going to score. He's never been run down before. Teammates got on him about it pretty good. But, you know, nothing wrong with three, nothing wrong with 156 yards, career-high receiving. Um, they, they couldn't guard him. I mean, he was just unguardable. And you have to give a lot of credit to Jalen Hurts. I mean, there were there were three go routes that, that Brown ran, and Hurts just dropped him right in the bucket. I mean, just great, great throws. Um, and that's what him and Brown worked on, you know, all summer was that, uh, was that chemistry and, you know, these two go back a long time. They've been great friends for a while now. So they never had that on-field chemistry before, obviously, because Brown was in Tennessee, but man, you, you know, Brown was unguardable. He is so dangerous when he catches a ball in space over the middle. I mean, he can just pick up yards after the catch, uh, like it's nothing. And that's all you have to do is just hit him in stride, give him a little bit of a window. And like Jalen Hurts said, when he gets his playmakers the ball, he just gets his popcorn out 
and sits back and, and watches them go. Uh, that was a great quote from Jalen Hurts after the game about that. But, you know, uh, the thing I like most about Brown is he came out and he didn't like to harp on all the good that he did in that game. He was talking about the plays that he missed, you know, the dropped pass that he had over the middle, uh, getting caught from behind, you know. And I think that's one message that Jalen Hurts sends from the top is, listen, we're we're not ever going to be satisfied with how we play and we're going to look at our mistakes and we're going to be serious about it. You know, we have to continue to get better. We can't just sit and rest on our laurels. And that's a message that hurts us, uh, you know, said throughout his time that he's never going to be satisfied with what he does. And Brown came out and he wasn't satisfied with what he did. Yeah. He was happy that he had the big game, but you know, I think that's one thing that keeps this team winning is that, that uh, attitude of we're not happy with the game we played. And it was the most complete game of the year. They played against the Steelers, uh, but they still said that we can play better. We haven't played our best game yet. And they seem very genuine and sincere about that. Uh, They're going to stay hungry. And that's kind of the motivation that they need. And that's the advantage they have against some of these other teams who are just, you know, so happy to win that, you know, they're maybe not as serious about correcting their mistakes, but Hertz is, and that's, that trickles down to the rest of the team. And that that's a huge advantage. When you see AJ Brown in person, when you're at the facilities and you're interviewing him, do you just take your head? Like, wow, this is the best wide receiver I've seen play for the Eagles. Like not, um, not the, yeah. to, from covering the team, from covering the team, covering the yeah. team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I, I was like the third guy at my old newspaper when they went to the Super Bowl in 04 or, you know, it was the 05 Super Bowl, the 04 season. And I saw Terrell yeah. Owens and I wrote a lot about Terrell Owens and, you know, Owens was a beast. There's no question, just a big guy, athletic as, as could be. And, you know, Brown is just kind of built differently, man. He's like a, he's literally like a linebacker or a tight end that becomes a running back after he catches the ball. I mean, he's put together. Um, it was kind of funny, you know, on Monday, how he came out on his Twitter and said that, you know, he had this big game and Roger Goodell decides to test him for drugs, Mm -hmm. um, after this big game, I I guess he was just having a little bit of fun because he's been drug tested before, I'm sure. But you look at the way this guy is, is chiseled at, you know, six, one, two, 25, two, two, 27. I mean, he's all muscle. I certainly would have a hard time wanting to tackle this guy in the open field. I know guys get paid big money to do it, but he's a handful. And when I look at him, I'm like, yeah, uh, this guy is all all you could want at wide receiver. Uh, That's a good point. All you want at wide receiver, because from what I'm gathering this season and watching A.J. Brown play for the Eagles is, wow, the NFL has not seen the best of A.J. Brown yet. And again, he came from that Tennessee offense where he was not the vocal point. Derrick Henry was. Now he goes to the Eagles. It's clear as day he's the vocal point. And look what he's doing as being the vocal point of the offense. This guy's a top five wide receiver in the NFL, potentially. I know he's already top 10, but I, don't, I think we I think we underestimated how good he actually was. I don't think we saw the best A.J. Brown in Tennessee. I think we're seeing the best A.J. Brown this year. And that's, you know, you guys can take that as a, a quarterback slight or saying Hurts is being better than Tannehill all you want. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the Eagles, instead of the Titans, decided to make A.J. Brown the vocal point in the offense, and he goes, okay, I'll do that. Oh, by the way, I have the potential to be a top five wide receiver when I do that. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I just thought they Tennessee knew what they had, to be honest with you, because they gave up the 18th pick and the third-round pick. And, it's, and, it's, and I mean, excuse me, they got the 18th pick and the third-round pick for him. You know, Hollywood Brown got the almost the same compensation from the Arizona Cardinals to Baltimore Ravens. So I don't, I don't really know if the Titans knew how good A.J. Brown could possibly be, because right now he's playing like a top five wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think we've even seen the best of A.J. Brown yet. We're going to yeah. see it because the Eagles lost him up at his prime. But making him because clearly he's the vocal point of the offense. Clearly, the offense runs through A.J. Brown. That's where I mean, when it comes to passing the ball, that's what it seems to me, because all the attention from the defense, the secondary Week in, week out, seems to be on A.J. Brown. Even if, you know, his numbers aren't there that week, trust me, the defense was watching him as it was. So, clearly the Eagles made A.J. Brown their vocal point in the offense, which is the right move to make. But, man, man I know that he's top five, but he is. I didn't know. I didn't I know. know. I, I, I knew he was top ten. I knew he was going to be great for the Eagles, but he's been better than advertised. And that's because he's become the vocal point of an offense. And this, he's showing you, hey, all you need to do is just give me the ball like this, and I'll perform like a top five wide receiver. And that's what the Eagles are getting so far, and I love it. Yeah, the Eagles are still going to try to get it to Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Um, but, you know, it's just a versatile offense that, yeah, if AJ's being double teamed, then the Steelers started started double teaming him after, uh, you know, he had that big first half and yeah, took away some things. It, it didn't work because the Eagles have other weapons. You know, Goddard had – six catches for 64 yards and he had three catches on third down that went for first down. He had one catch on fourth down that went for a first down. So, you know, you're still going to get the ball to those guys. I thought Quez Watkins might get more targets, but you know, he's, he's kind of down the pecking order in this offense. Yeah. Clearly you're, you know, you're going to win some games when you get the ball to AJ Brown. And, you know, it was interesting that first touchdown, you know, he wasn't the uh, first, uh, the first option on that, on that play. He said he was just trying to clear things out for Smitty, as he calls him. Schmitty. I think he called him Schmitty. Uh, he was just trying to clear things out for Smith. So he was slowing down. If you look at that play again, he's slowing down like around the five, just kind of looking back. And then he, all of a sudden he sees the balls coming. So he starts to run toward the end zone. And he's like, I better do something here. He's throwing it to me. He wasn't expecting to get the pass there. And he said, but that's one great thing about playing with Jalen Hurts is because he 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 tells all his receivers to be ready. You might get the ball because he is doing such a good job now of getting through his reads. The line's giving him time. And if he sees something else he likes, he's going to take it. And the receivers better be ready. And Brown was ready on that first touchdown catch. So. You know, I guess the bottom line is, yeah, get the ball to A.J. Brown. Good things happen. But there are other parts of this offense that Shane Steichen's going to try to get the ball to. And Devontae Smith, it could be his week Thursday night against the Texans because they'll look at this tape and say, we can't let A.J. Brown beat us. We're doubling him. And then all of a sudden, Devontae Smith's open or Dallas Goddard's open down the middle. So, you know, this is just such a versatile and such a hard-to-defend offense um, when everything's clicking. And, and and we saw that. You know, it was Brown's day Sunday could be Devontae Smith's on Thursday night. Good point on Quez Watkins being down in the pecking order because that's really all it is. Uh, yeah. From what I'm seeing on the film, he's getting open. He's doing what he has to do, drawing PIs, which, you know, again, here's another player that people think needs to be replaced because the box score is not looking well enough, but on the field, he's doing his job, and he's doing a great job of doing it as well. If you ask me as a wide receiver three, he's the, he's the least option in this offense. He's the bottom option in this passing offense. 
He's doing his job. I don't think the Eagles need to move on or get a wide receiver three or, or upgrade that position at all. I think he's doing just a fine job. Again, stop staring at the numbers because it, when you play with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, we kind of expected this to happen. We yeah. did, but Quest still doing a, Quest still a good player. He's still developing just fine. He's making plays, getting open downfield. Uh, it's just he needs the opportunity. That's all it is. You know, and that, how nice is it to not be sitting here on trade deadline day saying, oh, the Eagles got to trade for Brandon Cooks or, oh, they got to get Odell Beckham Jr. in here. <laughs> you know, how, how nice is it not to have to worry about this position where we've always talked about it on trade deadline day? And the Eagles made a trade for a wide receiver just in 2018. They brought in Golden Tate for a fourth round pick from the Lions. So, you know, it seemed like every year we've said, let's go get a wide receiver at the trade deadline. They Not anymore. Not with A.J. Brown signed for four years. Not with Devontae Smith in the uh, second year of a rookie deal. Uh, I mean, this receiver group is one of the best in the NFL. There, there's no doubt about it. And um, it's nice to be able to sit here on trade deadline day, 4 o'clock Tuesday, saying, nah, we don't need a receiver. Thank God. For once. Yeah. Thank God. Once. Unless he's yeah. a returner, then I'll take him. <laughs> I think they brought Greg. I think they brought Greg Ward back to return punts, though, and then they're getting him ready. Yeah, you know, listen, I we give Britton Covey a tough ride, but I, I don't see a whole lot of room for him to operate in space. I, I'm not sure the punt return team is really doing a good there job. Isn't. I, I agree with you on that. I just hold my yeah. breath every time the guy catches the ball, though. It doesn't seem like he. I don't know. It just does not seem like he he crawls it safely. It seems like there's always a chance he's going to fumble it to me. Or I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me just being superstitious. Yeah. I, that's just, I hold my breath every time the guy catches it. Yeah. Well, I know he's done it. He did it for a very long time at Utah. And didn't, I don't think he had any, any real serious fumbles. Now, you know, maybe he misplays the ball and muffs it and lets it bounce or, you know, takes a chance and not calls a fair catch. And that's a little scary. But I I, I think ball security wise, he he holds on to it okay. He's returning kicks now. And again, there's just doesn't seem to be a lot of room. There was one kickoff where the Steelers, I think, was number 27. He wasn't even blocked. He just came running straight down and and, yeah, and hit Covey at like game. the 20 yard line. I mean, there's just not blocking. I think you could bring Devin Hester in here. And unless you're blocking for the guy, giving him a little bit of a crease to get through, then you know, we, we would be saying the same thing. Hester stinks. But you know, I think. Could they upgrade there? Sure. And maybe Naheem Hines is a guy who the Eagles would look at at the trade deadline today. You know, the running back from Indianapolis, it's a move that probably makes more sense than uh, Kareem Hunt, because I think Hunt would just be another headache, not because of just the person he is, but because his contract situation, he needs a new deal. Sanders needs a new deal. Hines comes in here with a contract that has him signed through 2024. Um, it's a pretty high number. I think it's like a $7 million cap hit, 5 or $6 million in base. So you might want to rework it. But, you know, he's a punt returner. You know, he can mm -hmm. do the job. And mm -hmm. then probably park Covey on the bench or maybe you trade him to the Colts as part of a deal to get the job done. Because the one thing that, you know, maybe people don't realize is Eagles don't have any mid-round picks to give up in a deal. They don't have a fourth. Right. They don't have a fifth. They don't have a sixth next year. They're not going to give up a, a, to one of their first rounders, the second or third rounder, and they have two sevenths. So what are you going to trade away to get anybody else that you want to add to this team by the deadline is, you know, you're hamstrung there unless teams are willing to accept draft capital in 2024. And I don't, I don't really see that being the case. Um, so it could be a player type move. Maybe, 
the Colts would want like a Covey in return or a Scott or an Andre Dillard or somebody like that. But again, with Dillard, you got to be careful because I thought maybe last week or two weeks ago, he was a candidate to be dealt. I've been told the Eagles have offered him to some teams, but uh, I thought Brett Toth would be back by now. And I think he would be your backup left tackle, but Toth is still recovering from his ACL tear. So Dillard is a good insurance policy to have at left tackle. And, you know, we all know that's a good policy to have. In 2017, Jason Peters went down. They had Halapulavati Vitae. So, you know, you, I think you want to hang on to Dillard and then let him yes. go in the offseason and get whatever comp pick you get should another team sign him. Or maybe he comes back as, at backup money. Um, I just don't think you're going to give him away uh, at the trade deadline. I, I could be wrong, but, you know, it depends how bad you want a player. Like, do you want Naheem Hines to come in here and, and be, you know, your backup running back to Miles Sanders, uh, returning punts. I don't, I don't know. Do you want? I'm not trying to left tackle for a running back. Yeah, I, no. I, I, don't, I don't think they would. But you know, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, no, they, I understand what you're saying because yeah. you're right. These, these are the mid round picks. The mid round picks right. are what's get moves to the trade deadline. They don't have any. I completely, you're yeah. completely right. Right. Uh, but no, you don't trade a left tackle for a running back ever, no, especially maybe one that has starter potential. Maybe you trade him for like you know, a fourth and a fifth or something like that. And then you turn around and trade the fourth and the fifth for a running back. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, I'm going to tell you right okay. now. No, I mean, I, I, we're spitballing. He's, he's yeah, making work. He, I don't think he feels that way, but I yeah. look, Jack will not play left tackle. I don't want to see Brett to the left tackle. Sorry, not going to happen. Especially if he comes back late in the year from an injury for a right. simple contending team. No, that doesn't make sense. No, uh, Andre yeah. Dillard's got to be the backup left tackle. Cause a lot of, for, Forget the shoulder injury this year. I hate to break it to everybody, but Milano has an injury history. He does. Yeah, he, he it, it, games. It, well, even from even from once he's first started with the Eagles, I know we call them phantom injuries, but there's, I mean, he still has an injury list. Yeah. So I'm keeping Dillard. Nothing can make me move Dillard. I'll get the comp pick. I'll lose him like I lost Big V, but that's all right because my lost Big V, I lost him with a Super Bowl ring on his finger because of how he helped us. Right. So, I, I, that's completely fine with me. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping Dillard. It's, yeah. it's that's over with. I saw what I saw. Jagger school left tackle. I don't want to see it again. Keeping Dillard, but safety needs to be addressed. Third safety needs to be addressed. I mean, you and I keep saying it over and yeah. over and over again, but it needs to be addressed big time. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to pick somebody off waivers. If somebody gets waived after the trade deadline or something like that. But I, I think they're finally realizing they need a third safety though. Well, I think so too. I mean, and we have talked about it. Like, you know, would you get Rodney McLeod from the Colts? And again, what are you giving up from Rodney McLeod? Do you sign Anthony Harris off the Broncos uh, practice squad? Do you go out and maybe see what the Houston Texans want for Desmond King? You know, he can, he's a cornerback safety type of guy. He can play both those spots. Um, And I think a lot of that will depend on Josiah Scott. Very under the radar injury on Sunday was Josiah Scott with his ankle injury, you know, we had Nick Sirianni on Monday and people were asking him about Jordan Davis. Nobody asked about Josiah Scott. I don't know how serious that ankle injury is. He he may not play Thursday, but you know, Scott was a valuable player when Avante Maddox went out uh, for two games with an ankle injury. Scott stepped in and played okay. His first time out played better his second time out. So, you know, if this is a, a, a serious injury to Josiah Scott, you may want to make a deal for, uh, you know, somebody that can play cornerback like Desmond King or safety like Desmond King. He can play them both. I know the Eagles signed Javelin Guidry to their practice squad on Monday. 
He's an experienced cornerback. Uh, maybe he's needed, but I would think if Scott has to go on the IR for four uh, weeks, maybe Andre Chasheri comes up. They were cross-training him at safety and uh, cornerback uh, during the summer. Um, he's out of practice squad elevations, but he's still on the 53-man roster. They can't bring him up from the practice squad unless he's added to the 53. So, you know, maybe that's a move they make. But again, I don't know the severity of Scott's injury. Uh, his ankle injury, but if it's pretty serious, then maybe the Eagles do try to make a, a deal for someone in that secondary who can play both like King. He can do corner and safety, a lot of versatility there. So uh, we'll see that to me would be, I agree with you. I think that would be the move I would make is go for the, uh, you know, some, some uh, depth there at the, on the back line at safety and maybe someone that can play the corner as well. Jordan Davis injury is going to hurt. Yeah, four to six weeks potentially the high angle sprain. I, you know, really dominant against the run this year too. He's been a huge, you know, contributor to the Eagles' success. At least being, you know, somewhat better against stopping the run. That's going to hurt without him in there. Tomorrow and T. I'm gonna be honest with you that I know you and I sung his praises this offseason, but he did not look the part at all filling in for Jordan Davis at all against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I'll tell you, though, he had his best game of his career against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Marlon T. actually played a career-high 36 snaps, I think it was, uh, somewhere in there, maybe 34. But he he actually had a really good game. Um, but can he do that week in and week out? I I, I don't know if that consistency is there yet. Um, Davis, you know, I know that his role was about to be expanded. Um you know, he had played like 20 to 25 snaps. It was, first- you saw it. You saw it. Start of the game. Well, he played 19 snaps in the first half and he got hurt with three minutes and 20 seconds to go in the first half, having already played 19 snaps. I mean, he was on a pace for like a 35 snap game. And I, and I know that's what Gannon wanted to do. He wanted to come out of the bye week and play Jonathan or play Jordan Davis more and he was doing that and then he got hurt so now he's gonna he's gonna come back he's not it's not a season-ending injury um he'll come back at some point uh but now you've missed the four or five weeks whatever it is he's gonna miss of that development of the conditioning he can't condition because it's an ankle if it was a shoulder or an arm or a hand he'd be able to at least get on the bike but you know chances of him keeping his conditioning level or are not good. So he's going to come back and he's going to kind of be back at square one. And, and that role again is going to be 20 snaps, maybe 22 snaps a game. Uh, and that's a shame, you know, that's a shame for him because he was coming along so well and it's going to hurt the Eagles. And, you know, I don't know what their options are. I mean, do you get one in the trade? I mean, you can't go crazy trading for a D tackle at this point. Um, I think more likely you're going to see maybe Marvin Wilson come up from the practice squad he has all three practice squad elevations left. You bring him up for three weeks to from the practice squad, um, and and you uh, and you give him some reps. But filling in that that five technique, that over the nose or over the center position, there's nobody that's as good as Jordan Davis. I mean, they'll probably char, try Marlon to to a Pilato at that in that role, but he's not Jordan Davis. Not nobody's as Jordan Davis. Whoever you bring in, if you bring somebody in from another team, a low level D tackle, he's not Jordan Davis either. And you're not going to make a big deal for a defensive tackle like Davis because Davis is coming back. So you're kind of hamstrung. You're going to have to get by without him at this point. Uh, and Gannon's going to have to kind of figure it out and and how he's going to uh, deploy his defensive line. You know, it's not as going to be as easy to toggle back and forth between the five and the four man fronts as it was with Davis available. So we'll see what he does. But it's a big, definitely a big loss for the Eagles. Damian Pierce on Thursday. Yep. Antonio Gibson 
Brian Robinson the following Sunday. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor the week after, which I know he's struggling this season. But again, you know, that's a bounce back game potentially with their Jordan Davis. You got Aaron Jones the following week mm-hmm. after that. And there, AJ Dillon, you got to give AJ Dillon credit too. And then Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley to round it out. The toughest stretch of running backs, and you're missing Jordan Davis. This is tough. This is adversity right here. We're going to see how they overcome it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they and we get we'll, we'll talk to Jonathan Gannon, uh, you know, Tuesday, and we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what his plans are. Um, but yeah, that it's a big it's a big loss, and and I feel bad for Davis too because he was getting better. He was learning what they were teaching him. He was picking up on it, and he was ready to take off with his snap count. He was ready to go th- over 30 snaps a game. I firmly believe that, and now he's back at square one. I'm going to be honest with you. This game against Houston on Thursday, short week, uh, riding the momentum of that high-scoring electric fun Steelers game. Uh, did, the chick, did the Texans have a chance to make this a game? I think so. Of course. I mean, I, you know, I think they're better than the record suggests. They they fight in every game, it seems like. I know some games they got blown out, but it seems like a majority of the games they play this season, they fight. I just don't think a love you, Coach. A love you, Smith coach team in 2022 is going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles-led attack that they have right now. That's not going to happen. Um, I have the Eagles winning big. I don't know about you. I have the Eagles winning. I'm going to have them winning 38-17. to 17. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the short week thing, you know, Jalen Hurts going back to his hometown of Houston. I, I think they'll win for sure. It's a huge line in the NFL, 13 and a half points. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I usually, I usually don't like to pick teams that are getting uh, that many points. Um, but this sure feels like the Eagles aren't going to miss a beat here and they're going to go into their mini buy. And, and I'll tell you what, it was a unique situation getting ready for this game because the Eagles had a bye week. Uh, and then they come out of it with two games right away, and then they have another mini bye week. So they did a lot of preparation for Houston during that bye week as well. The coaching staff did. They they uh, implemented a few things to the players uh, because they knew it was a quick turnaround, and and the players are still kind of fresh coming out of that bye. Other than Davis, they really and Scott, they really came out of it, you know, pretty clean injury wise. So yeah, I like the Eagles to win this game. I think they'll cover. I think it'll be something like 27 to, to 13. Does that cover? Yeah, that's a yeah, that covers by a half a point. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'll, hey. I'll go I'll go Eagles 27, Texans 13. All right. All right. That's how we feel. Cause I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't, Derek Singletary, their corner they drafted third overall, stellar season this year. Incredible season. Hasn't played AJ Brown yet. <laughs> Hate to break right. it to you, pal. Um, Jalen uh, Petrie, the safety that they got out of Baylor, though, who I love for the Eagles. Yeah, I think, Petrie, the, yeah. I think he would have been a legit consideration for the Eagles if he actually would have made it to their pick in the second round, to be honest with you, because of how he plays. That's what they like in safeties anyways. Uh, he's yeah. having a great year as well, too, for them. But Houston's got – and Davis Mills, like, you know, I don't – I think he's just on a bad team. You know, I think there's a young quarterback descending, to be honest with you. Ascending uh, is a strong word. I think I don't know if he's their franchise quarterback. Definitely not their franchise quarterback yet, but he's playing good on a bad team. He's playing well enough on a bad team. I'll give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. He's not great, not good, but he's doing well enough given the circumstances on that team. And he's coached by Lovey Smith. I mean, I I really don't like when young quarterbacks get defensive-minded coaches that don't build a strong offensive coaching staff. Right. 
I, it's just a horrible situation. You're asking for it to fail. Kenny Pickett's going to fail in Pittsburgh if it stays the way it is now. Like, it's not going to work yeah. out. Mike yeah. Thomas, great coach, phenomenal coach. He's a defensive coach. They don't yeah. have anybody on the offensive side to help Kenny Pickett out. They're talking about firing Matt Canada. So I, I just hate when that happens. I hate when young quarterbacks get stuck in those situations because you can't de- expect young quarterbacks need development. You know, they don't just come out of college and look like Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning off the bat. It doesn't happen. They need development. They need coaching. And I think he's in a, in a fortunate circumstance. I get in that in Houston, but that being said, I still think the Eagles went well. I, I don't, I think they, I don't want to say that this is a mini buy, but I mean, I just don't think Houston can match up with the firepower the Eagles have even close. And then we not even have Brandon Cooks by that time that game starts. Yeah, right, right. Or Jerry Hughes. I mean, you yeah. know, there's two guys that could be on the block. Or Desmond King. I mean, maybe he's an Eagle. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I like some of the parts that Houston has on the roster. They just don't have enough of them um, to to kind of win a game like this, I don't I don't believe. And, um, oh, yeah, they're actually talking about moving Tunzel too. If they move Tunzel, that's going to be a wrap. Yeah. That D-line's going to feast if they move Tunzel. That's all they have is Tunzel. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. This could be another big sack game. The Eagles did a nice job sacking Kenny Pickett. And I like Kenny Pickett. I think you hope he gets developed properly. But, you know, he loved the Eagles. He's a Philly kid. Loved the Phillies. Loved he the called Eagles. out his coaching no. after that game. Yeah. He said I they mean, don't practice hard enough. That's Yeah. And it was funny because Cox, that was what Nick Sirianni said, is the first thing Cox said to Robert Quinn was, hey, we practice hard here. And Quinn's like, that's all I needed to hear. You know, I mean, they, and the Eagles do practice hard. Everybody gives them a hard time about not practicing enough. You know, country club, training camp, this and that. But, you know, let's hope we don't hear that anymore after starting out 7-0 and here. Um, oh, yeah, know, that'll be fine. You know, Dan Campbell ran this, uh, you know, this boot camp training camp. And everybody thought, ah, old school, that's great. You know, it's going to give the Eagles a hard time. They're sitting at 1-6, and six, the, Cow- uh, the Lions, I think, 1-6. and six. But, yeah, that, again <laughs> – you know, we better not hear that again, how the Eagles country club stuff practice doesn't pay off because it is. It's paying off. They've been relatively healthy. I know Brandon Graham has a hamstring issue. He only played 13 snaps against the Steelers. Didn't really need him to play a bunch. Um, you know, when you knew you were coming out of that game and having to play four days later. So you wanted to keep Graham a little bit fresh with that hamstring. You didn't want it to re-injure, maybe give a few more days to heal. Uh, I expect him to have a little bit more of a load on Thursday night. Um, I just don't see how the Texans Texans can can match up against the Eagles unless they get that run game going with Damian Pierce. But um, I was asked earlier, and I'll ask you this: um, what, what over under on yards on the ground for Damian Pierce? Fifty five. Do you go over or under? <sighs> over. Yeah, that's what I, I know. Said. Everybody, I know everybody's saying, "Well, Connor, not, I mean, well, Jordan Davis over." I mean, it's their offense right now is Damian Pierce, though. So, to be fair, yeah. the offense runs through him, and it's working because he's very hard to bring down. You and I wanted him. You and I talked about him a lot yeah. during Eagles mock drafts, and he yeah. went higher than we expected, as he should, because he's a really good running back. I'm glad the Texans didn't look and see what Florida used him before because Florida didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they had in their possession, and at least Houston does because that guy is definitely their back of the future, but he's definitely yeah. going over 55. And, and 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 listen, that's the only way I think the Texans can keep it close is to control the clock with the running game, keep the Eagles offense parked on the sideline. Um, but this defense is good at taking the ball away. 16 turnovers they forced. Uh, I would expect them to, you know, have another one or two. And that could change the game a little bit. 
But the only way they have of keeping it close is to play turnover free and to get the run game cranked up to the point where Eagles are a little off balance. The offense is parked on the sideline. But even with that, I just don't think they're going to win the game. They might keep it under 13 and a half points if they're able to do that. But again, I'm not so sure they can. So I have the Eagles covering. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I again, Texas play hard, so I won't be surprised. But yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, the young quarterback, you're going to force a lot of turnovers on him, especially when you're the best defense in the league enforcing turnovers as is. So I, I that changes the game 100%. So yeah. I agree with you fully on that one. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Sorry for the delay in our episode. Scheduling problems persisted. So that's the reason why we were so delayed in content coming out. But we will be back right after this Texans game to recap on Friday, or if Ed's available, on Friday to discuss – that game and recap it fully for you guys and talk about, you know, maybe the trade deadline moves that are hopefully being made next coming days. See you guys soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.